0: Signal
1: Fire Radio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Signal Fire Radio. Except that it's not Signal Fire Radio, this is Signal Fire Short, which is the exact same thing, Matthew, as Signal Fire Radio, only it's shorter. Like Evan. Like Evan. Right. Like our wee little Evan, who's not here because he's in Fayetteville because he started his new big boy job. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, what does he say, soft mm-hmm. guy turned sass guy? And so, he is sassy. Yep, very yeah, sassy. We love him so much. Uh, if this is your first time listening to Signal Fire Radio Short, we want to welcome you. Uh, what we do here is we have conversations with ambitious leaders about ambitious leadership. Specifically, what we like to focus on is uh, how do these leaders... Uh, Feed their minds, strengthen their bodies, enrich their spirits, and grow their tribes. I've, we, I'm super pumped about our guest today, Matt, because I have been watching him sort of from afar, digitally, um, for a while now. And you know, it just sometimes you need that one person that you know to make the connection to a person that they know before some things come together. And that's what happened. So our guest today is Don Verity, CEO of Clean Eats, co-founder of Clean Eats, uh, host of the Clean Truth podcast, Don. Welcome to Signal Fire Radio, man. It's great to have you on. Thank you. Good to be here. So, um, so Matt, I was telling Donna a story before we came in. What I really wanted to focus on today is like, how does food interact with the body, specifically? Um, you know, I've told I've told you the story, Matt. In 2017, you know, in my family, there is uh, I think I've had multiple grandparents that have passed away from dementia or with dementia. Probably got to full blown Alzheimer's at some point for some of them. My wife Jenna. Uh, when the light switch came on for me, her grandfather had just passed away, also had dementia. And, you know, I was, I was an adult then, so I saw things much differently than what I did when, when I was a kid, when my grandparents passed away from it. And I made the decision, I do not want to lose my mind. Like, it, as I age, I want to age gracefully. I think we all want to age gracefully. But if it comes to, like, if I had a choice, like, let my physical health deteriorate, Versus my mental health, like if I can die of cancer and but still have my mental faculties about me, I'd choose that all day long over like not recognizing my wife or my kids or anything like that. So, uh, Jenna, being the nurse practitioner that she is, <clears throat> was like, "Okay, let's look at some diets. Let's change your lifestyle up." Um, and so I went hardcore keto, hardcore keto, because I guess having a lot of saturated fats in your diet um, protects the blood-brain barrier and and can be a preventative, so to speak, to having dementia. Um, And in that year, the three months following me going keto, my mind went nuts. I'd like had a hunger for information. I read 30 books over a 12 month period. I hadn't read more than like two a year ever up to that point. So that was the change for me, Don. And that's what I really wanted to talk with you about. Like First, give give us kind of your story, like how you got from where you are, to where you are today and then the impetus behind clean eats and then we'll just get into a conversation about how does food impact and interact with your body
0: sure um my wife and i you know we're originally from the st louis area um and she started locale cafe is what it was called um 2009 um five days prior to me meeting her we always joke about whether it was five or a week but it was a. It was. A, she was open for around a week, and the reason why that is so important, or the reason we joke about it, is because w- where she put this restaurant was in a very little bitty podunk town. I mean, everybody knew everybody, um, especially in the fitness world. There wasn't too many of them, right? So we were. Um, I met her at this gym that I had been training at since I was a little kid, um, called Leisure World. Well women trying to compete in figure and fitness back then in a town like that there wasn't hardly any of them so you know when when a woman like that walks into your gym everybody knows it yeah, you, you know, know this, right? like she's new meat basically <laughs> yeah. and so i had a mutual friend introduce us and that's how i got to know her and you know i saw her restaurant and you know my vision and my goal had always been to open like a sports bar you know, with all the TVs and the sports memorabilia because I'm a big sports memorabilia guy. and um, I, w- I had already started competing in bodybuilding when I met her. I'd already done one show, and I was personal training on the side. I was a carpenter, and um, I was kind of meal prepping on my own, doing the things that we do now for myself and other clients. And ironically, so was she prior to her doing that. And so it's kind of – I get goosebumps when I tell that story, but um, this was before social media even existed – you know, and, and I remember when we started our meal plan service at Locale, we used to text our menu out on a flip phone. Remember the old mm-hmm. like, Nokia flip phone?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where you one had to hit the button three
0: times to get a T. So we would do that. It would literally take me three and a half hours to send out a menu for like 90 <laughs> meals. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're talking maybe 30 customers. It took me three hours to do that. And then we originally, you know, as that kind of grew, we grew into like an email because we didn't have an email. We didn't have a website. We didn't have any of that. So we just kind of kept building on it and kept building on it into what you see now. But um, we uh, expanded into two restaurants. Um, and then we always kind of had this mutual agreement between Yvonne and I. Yvonne and I didn't – or um, Yvonne had two daughters from a previous marriage. So, you know, she kind of made it clear to me when I came into the picture that she was done having kids, mm-hmm. which I was okay with. Um I wanted kids at one point, and then it just kind of was like an eye opener. I was like, maybe I don't. Maybe this isn't something in the cars for me. But I, you know, envious. I wish I experienced that. <laughs> I never had that moment of wisdom. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I love our girls like they were my own. I mean, when I came in the picture, they were little girls. So I mean, it was not. You know, I have kids. This is what I say. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, they're they're my daughters. Um, but. She had always told me up front, I don't want to live here the rest of my life. I am moving, I am going somewhere, I don't want to live here, which I was completely okay with. At that point, you know, I was in a dark place in my life, drinking, drugs, doing whatever I could, you know what I mean? Like, I was a carpenter, mm-hmm. so it was it was a fast ride. And uh, getting out of there saved my life, basically. If I would have stayed there and kept doing the things that I was doing and going down that path, I would be dead or in prison. I mean, it was just where I was going to go. And so... You know, I was okay with it, and we thought we wanted to go to Florida. You know, we took a couple vacations to Florida and looked for places, and then we met Jen Hendershot. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she was a fitness Olympian back then, and we met her at the Arnold Classic in Ohio. We went to this expo because we were, you know, the fitness industry was all we cared about Mm -hmm. back then. We wanted to compete and be around other bodybuilders and things like that. So we went to this this expo, and we ran into Jen and talked to her, and she said, you need to go check out Wilmington, North Carolina. And we looked at her like she had three heads. Mm-hmm. We're like, where in the hell is Wilmington, <laughs> North Carolina? We didn't, you know, we didn't listen to her. We went to Fort Lauderdale that summer for vacation with the girls, and we're like, let's go check this area out. Maybe it's something. And we are big universe people. You know what I mean? Like it has to feel right. And, you know, um, we went down there and looked around never found anything that looked right or felt like hey this is the spot um so we just said screw it we'll go back home and and just kind of wait for the right opportunity a whole nother year went by and we went back to the arnold classic and talked to jen again she said did you guys ever go to wilmington and we said no and she was like i'm telling you and then she introduced us to stacy polari which stacy used to live here um And she said, yes, it is exactly where you need to go with this concept. You'll do great there. And so we said, okay, maybe we need to look into this. So that Labor Day, we jumped in our beat-up minivan because that was the only car we could afford and drove 17 hours straight to Wilmington. And we had found Picasso's Deli on Craigslist, and we put that in our GPS and just drove. And then the whole trip out here, we were like, okay, what is important to us if we're going to move our business out here? We want to be around a gym. Supplement stores are always good networking. You know, fitness-minded businesses and, mm-hmm. and health-related businesses is what we wanted to be next to. And I'm not even kidding you. When we put the dress in and we turned on the Racine, Gold's Gym was right across the street. There was a max muscle right across the street. Like, I'm getting goosebumps telling <laughs> you guys. Um, and then we walked in and, and, and met Dave and introduced ourselves to Dave, the owner of the uh, deli at the time. And once we walked in the door, we both looked at each other and we like, this is it. hmm like, this is the exact setup we were looking for, because we talked about how we wanted the restaurant to work and all of all of that stuff on a 17-hour drive. And it was just spooky when we walked in there. We're like, this is exactly what we have been talking about for 17 straight hours. And so we made him an offer right there the same day we met him. And we, we gave him full ask and, and uh, just asked him if if I wrote him a check to de- for a deposit, could he save it till Thanksgiving, let us go home, sell our other business, because we had somebody interested in buying it. <laughs> And he said, sure. And so I cut him a check and, uh, we went home and sold our cafe and our business for the exact same amount of money that we were going to buy Picasso's for. And, uh, that transaction is in a whole nother podcast. I'll, I'll tell you off air. It's kind of funny. Um, and then packed everything up shortly after in a 16 foot U-Haul and, Drove it to Wilmington, and we've been here ever since.
1: Did you ever – Jen, you said her name was – did you ever ask her why she felt so strongly about Wilmington? Because she she remembered a year
0: later oh, yeah. Yeah. That,
1: that she told you that. Did you all ever have that conversation? Like, why
0: was she so – Well, Stacey was one of her best friends. And, I mean, um, I think at the time they were in Raleigh. They were living in Raleigh, and they had a beach home at Carolina Beach. Mm-hmm. And so they were here a lot. And um, we actually got to know her brother, John, really, really well. Um, we're still good friends with their family. And John actually worked for us for a little while. John was kind of a – he drove our delivery van and, and uh, was kind of like an outside salesman for us for a while. Um, and honestly, if it wasn't – I can say this full honestly. If John wouldn't have done that, I don't think the demand for our brand would have grew as quickly as it did. Mm. Um, he took, I don't know if you've ever seen our little cleanies delivery van, mm-hmm. it's kind of beat yeah. up now. Yeah. That old ProMaster. I see it driving around That van's old. We're yeah. about to replace it. I mean, it's, <laughs> we bought that 2014, I think is when we bought that thing. But John used to drive that same van all over the state of North Carolina at Mike Valentino's Gold's Gems, set up a table and sell gym meals out of it mm-hmm. for four or five hours a day and then drive it back to Wilmington. Did you see anybody else at that time doing meal prep like you guys were doing? Oh yeah. Yeah. When we moved here, there was two other companies here. Okay um custom fit meals was here um and ironically those two guys are are very good friends of ours now and um are they are they still operating they are doing another business um i think it's mike clay and scott dean mike is actually uh, a consultant to me he helps us do our bars um and then scott works for um the company that works for Chike, the coffee company. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're two uber-intelligent guys. And the way Yvonne and I have always been personally and professionally is we've never burned bridges, ever. And, you know, I think our business kind of hurt theirs in a sense that they had to sell it quickly mm-hmm. after we moved here because they didn't have a brick-and-mortar. It was you ordered their meals online, and you went and picked them up at drop points. Well, we hurt them with a brick-and-mortar store because we were in there. People got to see us, meet us you know put their hands on on our food and things like that and mike would tell you to this day that if it wasn't for us putting them out of business you know they wouldn't have taken the protein bar concept that they did and ran with it and i mean he they did very well with. yeah that. you forced them so, to innovate a little yeah. bit but it turned out it turned out good and, for everybody I mean, he's they're light years ahead of of us and and in terms of that and success i mean those guys are awesome they're mm-hmm. really awesome dudes so, yeah, I mean, there was a couple companies here. So so talk a little bit
1: about the success of Clean Eats. And for, for people who aren't familiar with it, um, you guys have full meal prep service, mm-hmm. grab and go. Uh, you do some delivery, too, as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and my wife and I have been buying from you guys for a hot minute. Um, so just talk a little bit about the concept sure. and then kind of how you went from one restaurant on Racine now to over 70, right, nationwide?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So Clean Eats as a brand is one brand, two companies. It sounds it, it might sound a little confusing, but we have you know Clean Eats franchising, which is our brick and mortar restaurants, and then we have Clean Eats Kitchen, which is our distribution company, and that company ships meals nationwide. And that started by me and Yvonne servicing Camp Lejeune out of Racine, and it's it's a crazy story. We got a call one day from. An, an officer at Camp Lejeune, and, and they were requesting a meeting with me and Yvonne. And we look at each other and we're like, what the hell did we do? Like, <laughs> why does the military why? want to meet us? So we went up there and we sat in one of their conferences, conference rooms. It was me and her and Jason Nista, who's our partner in the distribution company. He runs that company for us. Um, great guy. And uh, the three of us drove up there one day and sat in this room, and they said, we have this program that we're trying to put these guys through. It's a weight loss program. We want you guys to do these meals for us. Can you help us out? without even knowing a number or what we were committing to, my wife just goes, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And I'm kicking her under You're the table, like, and I'm like, what did you just <laughs> commit us to? Like, I don't, like, we don't even know what they want yet. Yeah. And um, so it, it turned out to be like three or 400 meals a week, and Yvonne and I would go into Racine at like 5 in the morning and make these meals, and then we would turn the restaurant over for lunch, do our, our, our uh, business hours, Close all that up, and then finish the meals afterwards mm. at night. And then I would drive them up to the base once a week and deliver them to all the little, the little um, what they call those XPs in the base. Yeah, that's how Cleaning's Kitchen got started. Honestly, yeah, I was, was going to say, did, was, was that, that was
1: that like a catalyst moment? You were new. You were probably yep. in startup. You're still figuring some stuff out. Do you think that was you got lucky, or you got you did some of the right things leading up to have a business opportunity like that? Kind of
0: honestly, your lap? I. Honestly, I think it was um, it was a major failure that we didn't know we failed at until we got caught. Um, you know, we used to sell meals to other gyms and, and things like that. Well, the USDA got involved in that without our knowledge. I mean, we were just young meatheads, man. We didn't know we didn't follow any of that stuff. So we're operating <laughs> off need the county your damn yeah, rules, yeah, <laughs> off the county license, right. And so we had this USDA officer walk into our restaurant one day, and he flips out a badge like he's the FBI with his little inspector hat on, and he was like, "I'm here to t- take the temperature of your meat." Right. <laughs> he sounded just like that. I mean, he was seriously. He was only like four foot tall. And I thought he was. I thought it was a joke. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. You. I looked at and him. Someone's punking you. I looked at him and started laughing. Yeah. And I looked at Ivan and I'm like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> he's the state police. And that, if, like, he You'd l- pick him up and carry him out. Yeah, he lost it. Yeah. He got really agitated, and then i realized he wasn't kidding and i was like okay what's the problem well he went over to gold's gym right across the street and he like tagged our entire freezer put Mm. all this caution red tape on it put all these stickers on it well that's when we found out that you can't wholesale meal plans the way that we do unless you're under a usda inspection Mm. because it's meat and poultry even though we're taking things from one box putting them in another it has to be under an inspection well this affected our military, all of the wholesale accounts and all of this yeah. stuff. So we went through this whole red tape with the USDA and we've been USDA certified ever since. And I don't remember what year that was. It might've been 2015 or 16, something like that. And, um, that, that stumble is kind of how that whole thing happened. Yeah. And we're like, well, if we're going to go this far, we're going to go with it and we're going to run with yeah. it big. And so we started reaching out to major wholesale accounts and everything like that and, and grew that side of the business. Well, at the same time, we had franchised the clean eats model, also the restaurant model, and that was also taking off. And so we had both of these oh, companies geez. growing side by side, and everybody's like, well, don't you think they compete with each other? They do. They do compete with each other. But we've got it to the point now where they both kind of benefit each other. Um, you know, we can reach markets where we don't have a, a brick and mortar franchise yet create a, a brand name and a, and a demand for the food. And then when we get a franchisee that wants to buy that territory and they move in there, they have an instant customer base. So it's worked out really, really good the last mm-hmm. few years for that. Um, but yeah, What was that like for you trying to scale two companies at the same time? I used to have a whole lot more hair. Than <laughs> no, I mean, we wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't for Jason and you know the, st- the team that we have. We mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to do it. Um, which was a major decision at the time. When we did that, we were kind of came to a crossroads. We were like, okay, well, if we take Cleaning's Kitchen and we do this with it, which is what we wanted to do, and create make our brand seem more national than what we really were, in a sense, I, I couldn't do it by myself. I didn't have the bandwidth to, to sit at the top of both of them and do it. And plus, some of that stuff is not... I'm not a tech guy. I'm not a finance guy. Like, I don't have an MBA. I don't have a background in all of that. I was a carpenter, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Jason is a very intelligent kid, knows what he's doing, and um, that was kind of his wheelhouse. He knew that stuff. He understood it. Um, And I don't know if you know Jason, but he started Fuzzy Peach. Okay. Um, I've met him. Yeah, he was one of and the guys. And they've started other things since they started Fuzzy Peach, Peach, haven't they? Yeah, he was involved in a couple other concepts, but he's been he's been with us full-time for, man, five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the plan was Jason was going to run Cleaning's Kitchen. I will run the franchise company. And then my wife's role is she just kind of bounces back and forth in the menu development for both companies. Mm-hmm. And so the food lane, we call them lanes that's her lane. Nobody gets in it. Nobody touches it. (laughs) She's got a right hand man that helps her with do everything. He's a, he's a kitchen guy. And, uh, that's that. So that's how we kind of divide and conquer. Right. Right. So put just, you had the vision. Mm -hmm. Was
1: that your big role in it? Like at the beginning, like, okay, I see it going this way, you and Yvonne and then, Hey, we got to find the right people that are going to help this thing take off. Is that kind of how
0: you pieced it all together? Yeah, I mean, it kind of just happened in small steps over time, really. I mean, when we franchised the restaurants, it was just me and Yvonne. We mm-hmm. didn't have a staff. We couldn't afford a staff for two years. Uh, and we kind of ran it from here in Wilmington. I mean, we would, because we were still running our own cafe. Right. I mean, it didn't get to the point where we couldn't didn't have to be in the restaurant until, man, I would say around 2016, 2017, when I could actually hire like a, a general manager to help me run the restaurant. hmm because um, you know that old saying you have to work on your business and not in it yep that was a hard lesson for me yep. Yvonne. it's i mean sometimes it still is yeah you know every time i go back to racine on mondays and i see our meal plan customers that have been with us for seven years so what is so what like, is
1: your what is your customer experience look like um are you guys an actual like dining room or do you just mm-hmm. go in yeah it yeah. is okay you haven't been on the one on racine you and I are gonna have. Why to go? you
0: put me on the spot? Because, man. It's I mean, okay. It's okay. I have. Yeah, it's dine-in, carry-out. <laughs> we do catering. I mean, it's a it's a quick start restaurant. Dude,
1: the first our first year opening the agency, it was a game changer for us because you know it was just Jen and I. Same exact situation. My wife and I were the only two working in the agency. It's COVID, everything else, and it's like. you know restaurants are closed all over the place you guys I think stayed open for the majority of the time Mm -hmm. where we would just pull up they would bring some food out to the parking lot I'd get you know three or four lunches for the rest of the week and we would just keep them in the fridge there in the back of the office and throw them in and and power through and keep eating it was an absolute game changer and lifesaver for us last year do we have time to eat Mm-hmm. When you're building that business for the first year, year and a half, two years, however long it takes, you forget to you forget to take care of yourself in a lot of ways. and it's like, I still do that. Yeah, I, I do it too, man. I'll go like seven, eight, nine hours. I'm too busy to stop and eat, which yep. is BS, but I've probably conditioned myself to do that. so but um, I'm right there with you, man. I understand exactly what it is that you're saying. So give me a hope for the future. How many years did it take? for you to feel like okay I'm sitting on top of this organization now everybody knows what they're doing everybody has their lanes like how long did that take
0: are we still there are we there yet <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um man I would say honestly up until this year last year cuz I mean we had our the staff that we have we've had for almost everybody that's here now and I'm talking about our corporate staff mm-hmm. there's 8 or 9 of them that work in the office with us that run the franchise company, most of them have been with us for two years. So I would say sometime last year we had a solid team to where it was the first time in a long time ever that Yvonne and I would look at each other and go, we have a really, really good team. Like Mm -hmm. Our culture in our office is phenomenal. And, I mean, we've added a a couple new guys even since then. And just I think luck or grace of God, you know, the kid that came on uh, a few months ago – it's like he's been here 20 years. Yeah. I mean, he fit in like a glove. I mean, it's, you know, to you asked me the question before we got in here, if I travel and I'm just very grateful that I don't have to travel as much as I do or used to um, because we got such a great team. Yeah. I mean, they go out, they audit stores, they keep up with all of that. So it's, it's great. That's Dude. awesome. Yeah. Dude. Didn't you almost,
1: that Marine that got mm-hmm. out? I was just about there. to tell that story. Yeah. Oh, okay, that is clean so, eats. Yeah, yeah, it is clean eats. yeah. So I lost, I lost somebody that was going to come work for me. To oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I think I hit you on LinkedIn about it. It was, it was a fantastic story. You know, my, Matt and I and Evan, really all this grew out of, like, we wanted to give advice to the men and women that are getting out of the military. We want this to, to serve as a resource to them, but also to think differently about what to do, with your life after service. Like I've shared these statistics a hundred times, now, if you pull everybody in the military, 25% of them will tell you that they want to start their own company. Only 4% do. Conversely, 67% of men and women who get out of the military will quit their first job within two years and express overall dissatisfaction with the company that they went to work for. To me, these are statistics that are a problem. Um, and, and when you look back and I know it was different times, you can't really compare the two generations, but Post-World War II veterans, 45% of post-World War II veterans came back from the war and started their own company. A lot of them were in the trades, but, but that was when we hit this huge industrial revolution um, in the United States. That, that generation built what we oh, sure. now experience today. So I felt very passionate about sharing that with people and, and trying to encourage them as they get out of the military. Like you don't have to go to school. You don't have to get your first corporate job. You were a carpenter now sitting as the CEO of a fantastic business. My dad never went to high school and he, he or excuse me, never went to college. He barely finished high school um, and was one of the most successful pilots in the United States military and then with Lockheed Martin. So, you know, this like status quo, it just, it, it kills me. You, you can do whatever the hell it is that you want to yep. if you're willing to figure it out for yourself. So... Matt Stahl, um, he sees one of my posts online. We engage, and I'm selling, the, I'm selling myself to him. I'm like, look, man, you come work for me for a year, year and a half. I, I promise you I'll teach you how to run a business for yourself and then you know, decide what to do from there. So we, we have an agreement. He's coming to work. He's going to start on November 1st or something uh, around that time, and, and I kind of lost contact with him for about a week, right? Like he didn't text. He didn't call, which was unusual because we were keeping up. And he, he, he finally texts me at the end of the week. He's like, hey, man, can I, can I come see you on Monday? And we all know what that means. Like, he's going to deliver what he thinks is going to be bad news to me. Like, he's going to disappoint me. So I know he's not going to come work for me. So I'm like, all right, let's see, let's see what kind of metal the kid has. So he sits down, and he's like, man, I just, I have, I'm having a really hard time telling you this. And I'm like, well, what is it? And he's like, I'm going to Idaho. I'm going to start my own clean eats franchise. And I'm like, dude, go. Good. I'm yeah. proud of you, like skip skip ahead the 18 months or the 24 months that you'd be working for me and go do your own thing. Sure. I was so pumped about that and I was even more pumped that it was, you know, your brand and one that, you know, we, we have contributed to and purchased from and, and I think that's just an amazing story and a testament, I guess, to the type of people that would want to franchise a Clean Eats. So I hit Don up and I was like, "Hey man, you just cost me an employee. You owe me. You owe me a year of uh, of free meals."
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember that. I think uh, to kind of add on to what you were saying, my, my wife and I were having a conversation. I was driving. She's she's actually in Utah right now, but in the conversation yesterday on my way to the office, we were talking about how what do we want to be known for. We were talking about a post that I put on Instagram yesterday mm-hmm. and. And we were talking about how our vision and our goal and what we want to accomplish is to try to change that status quo that you mentioned mm-hmm. with the franchise industry. And what I mean is when we started doing this, our like ideal franchise person was somebody who would normally not be able to afford to do a business. They just don't have 300K sitting around that they right. can go build a restaurant. Um, and so we started out... We still do this. It still happens. It's just not the same way. Um, we started out letting people do this that had no money, and we kind of showed them how. You know, It's kind of the same way we did it at Racine. <laughs> mm-hmm. We went and found what was already an existing restaurant. We threw some new paint on the walls, put some signs up, and kind of rebranded it mm-hmm. and kind of flipped it over and made it our own, and that's how we started. Yeah, I some mean, sweat equity, right? The first few started out like that. Now, obviously, we are – Ten times bigger than that now, and we have to. We had to kind of, you know, by force. We had to change the way that we do it. That still happens. It's just not as often. Um, but yeah, I mean, we want to be known as the people that just. I don't follow industry lingo, or just because a fran- the franchise world says you have to do it this way, mm-hmm. I don't do it that way. Yeah, yeah. We'll, break we'll, we'll break the mold, right? Way. Break the mold.
1: Well, them well yeah. I, I and that that's got to contribute to what you said earlier. Is like you have a team and a culture. And new people come in and they slide right into it. Yep. I mean, you you built that. You created that. You know, and we've had we've had the conversation, Matt, Evan, and I, and some of our other guests on the show. Like, leg- legacy is extremely important to me right now. Like, how will I be remembered when mm-hmm. I'm gone? But your reputation, what people will say about you when you leave the room, is step one to that legacy. So, you know, if, if everybody's trash and clean eats and like, oh, he's just a meathead and he's trying to get over on people like it unfair fa- franchise agreements, no support, you know, all that stuff that you mm-hmm. hear about that industry, then that's going to affect the reputation. It's going to affect the growth of the business and ultimately d- potentially damage or tarnish a legacy mm-hmm. towards the end there. So good for you, man, for for thinking about doing things differently and just kind of grabbing it and making it your own. All right. Last bit of conversation that we have scheduled for you today. Evan will tell you the best post-workout meal is gummy worms. Agree or disagree?
0: Depends on what you're trying to do.
1: So yeah, so it's not absolutely (laughs) false. (laughs) Okay. What kind of gummy? It
0: depends.
1: (laughs) It depends. Um, so I don't know. His big his big thing is doing uh, squats, deadlifts. You know the the power moves and what deadlifts for
0: gummies, man. That's yeah. the slogan
1: is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Well, there Evan has what? been Evan has been completely vindicated for all the crap that we talk about him. What's What's the story behind? Is that? Is there a t shirt for that? Because there should be. If there's not a dude hitting deadlifts uh, with gummy worms in the background, we need to make one of those on for Evan. Uh,
0: there's a bodybuilder. He's actually a really funny guy. He's, his name His name is Seth Ferosi. And I think he does a T-shirt that says "Deadlifts and Gummies." Oh, oh! <laughs> he amazing. made this whole thing about you know eating gummy bears or gummy worms after a workout for the you know insulin spike. Yeah. post workout. That's what yeah Evan yeah. swears by. It. He eats gummy worms or some other I've form of candy. Oh, yeah, Have I've you? Been, oh yeah, many times. D- did the sugar? Did the sugar? Like I mean, you don't feel it. You get you know you get a good pump from it. Yeah,
1: you burn through it so fast. <laughs> yeah. All right, what about the Guinness after a workout? You know, Arnold used was famous for drinking a Guinness beer
0: after a workout. I've never done that. No. One, I'm not a Guinness guy. I don't okay. like Guinness. But two, my beer after a workout, I get sick just Yeah, right. I don't even like having a
1: protein shake after a workout most times. Isn't they're... that like a CrossFit thing, though? Don't I a lot don't of know. CrossFits do that? I've never done CrossFit. I haven't either. Yeah. Oh. I've, I know a lot of people who do CrossFit because they never stop talking about how they do CrossFit, which I think is the first rule of CrossFit is to never stop talking about doing CrossFit. hmm and you have to say burpees at least 15 times a day. Yeah. I saw a, fu- I saw a funny uh, post on, on Instagram, I think it was. It was like uh, the, the way that CrossFitters do pull-ups, you know, like they kip like crazy. Oh, yeah. And then it was like a calisthenics guy who does like sh- real like dead hang pull-ups and stuff. It was pretty funny. He was, like, he was like giving the CrossFit guy the stink guy for doing, for doing pull-ups the wrong way. I've always laughed at kipping. Kipping is funny. Yeah, no kipping in <clears> the <throat> Marine Corps, right? No. Could you still do 20 dead hang pull-ups today? Right now? Uh-huh. No. No? I could. I could
0: probably do Let's get a 15. pull-up bar
1: up outside the studio. We'll have a running. We'll have a running tabulation of our guests of who can do the most pull-ups.
0: Man, I'm out. You're man. out. Yeah. <laughs> not your bag. I'm 215 pounds. I ain't doing 20 <laughs> but you've got you've got
1: the the shorter range of motion. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there was always guys built like you in the Marines that they would go super wide with their grip and it was just like going up and down like six or seven yeah. inches. That's all they would have to do: clear their chin and clear the top of their head. I love it. I love it. Um, what are you working on next?
0: What's like your next big thing that you have out ahead of you? Um. I mean, I'll say it on here. I don't think I've put it out there yet, but we are starting uh, the Clean Eats Foundation. Okay. Um, so it's a passion of Yvonne and I we've always wanted to try to give back to help fight childhood obesity. Um, it's just been something that's been so important to us. In doing what we do and seeing the people that we see all the time, you know, that's that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. You know, It starts with the kids, and if you can correct it then – and you can get the parents to see that it needs corrected, right? You know, then they, hopefully we can make a dent in that problem. I don't think we'll be solely responsible for solving it. But um, that's our next big project is starting that foundation and getting that off the ground.
1: Good for you. Let us know how we can get involved in that. Sure. I, 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 I personally believe, I know Matt and Evan share this opinion. Um, I look at my life in terms of decades. The decisions I make in my 20s will determine if I'm going to have a good 30s and the decisions that I make in my thirties to my forties and so forth and so on. Um, and my wife and I are really strict about our daughter's diets, um, because we want to establish those good eating habits right now. Um, and, and they're in the first decade of their life. So, Decade 1 is going to be a predictor to decades two, three, four, five, six, seven, and 8. So if there's any way we can get involved with that, man, we'd love to try and help out as best
0: we can. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's where we're starting. And then I think the way that we would like to structure it is that we could kind of, I don't want to say pick and choose. It sounds so vanilla. But, you know, another big thing for me is giving back to, to the military and to veterans. And so I think if we can figure out a way to do that with this as well, um, I didn't serve in the military, but all of my really, really close—I call it my circle or dot—because I don't even have a circle, it's <laughs> a dot. Uh, but the, you know, the really close half a dozen guys that I talk to and that I shoot with all the time—they're all veterans. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. I'm one of the only civilians in the group of guys that I run around with. So, um, just hearing their stories and, and seeing what they've had to go through and things like that, and and, not, and tons of others. Mm-hmm. Um, that will also be another big thing that I want to try to do with that as well. We we need to get him to VBC. Yeah. A hundred percent come to VBC. We'll talk with you about that offline. Veterans
1: Business Collective, well, group that we formed here, probably with 70 or 80 veteran business owners, uh, entrepreneurs, incoming professionals would be awesome to have you just come in, like chat with the group. Um, so we can kind of pick your brain on things because there's a lot of people that want to be where you are and, uh, don't necessarily have all the steps or haven't quite
0: figured it all out some of our best franchisees and franchise partners from a systems and operational standpoint they're veterans Mm -hmm. and i love it because the most important thing about a franchise is is the system you know what i mean and following a playbook and and following systems and procedures they're so used to that it's like second nature to them that's that's the social media
1: video for this one right here that's the post right there
0: yeah 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 Yeah. Um, i mean it's great i'm not lying i mean it's great like you know, we get these guys in here that have been in the military and that are veterans, and they're like, All right, man, what's the playbook? Yeah. You know, they don't fight me. They don't <laughs> argue with Yvonne on menu items and systems and any of that. It's like, Here's the book. I'll take it and run with it. How do I accomplish and, this mission in the fastest way possible? Yep.
1: Get me from here to the end game as yep. quickly as possible. And if that means we're borrowing from other people, sure. And we think very linear, too, I think. Like, if you give me a process, if you explain steps one through 10, I'm good. I don't mm-hmm. need to ask you for much more after that. Like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out from there. Awesome. All right, Don, thanks for coming. Yeah. That's going to do it for us here on Signal Fire Shorts. Our guest today, Don Verity, CEO of Clean Eats uh, and host of the Clean Truth podcast. Matthew, are you going to change the way that you eat going forward? Are you going to eat fewer Doritos? I don't eat Doritos. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm interested in tr- trying out Clean Eats. Yeah. We'll so. go. Yeah. We'll pop by there. We'll grab lunch one day. Yeah. Yeah. We know the owner. Yeah, it'll yeah. be good. Definitely. All right, that's going to do it for us here. Go eat some gummy worms, and uh, also do not forget to go to our website, signalfire.media. Go ahead and pick up one of our T-shirts. We have the Chill Switch Gauge, the Combat Cocktail, and we have the new Sinal de Fuego available right now just in time for Halloween. Uh, that's signalfire.media. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, we do offering podcasts, uh, vi- social media videos, and YouTube videos as a service. Email Matt, it's matt at signalfire.media. be more than happy to chat with you about how to get your message of leadership and what you are doing to stake out your little share of the market in your industry, how we can get that in front of more people. So until next time, that's going to do it for us here on Signal Fire Radio. Go out and feed your mind. Strengthen your body, enrich your spirit, and grow your tribe, and go be a signal fire in your community. We'll talk to you next week. Catch new episodes weekly, and be sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe now and become a signal fire in your community.